Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of December 15th, 
2016. I am your host, Jose Otero. This is IGN's Nintendo Show. And sitting next to me is the GM Supreme, Per Schneider. And we have some things to talk about uh, today because uh, some stuff has happened. Yeah, there's some stuff has happened. How weird. Yeah. Man, uh, I cannot wait till we actually have the Nintendo Switch out in the market and games to talk about. But yeah. there's been a steady trickle of some interesting yeah, news. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to so get to nice. uh, the, the, the Switch patent uh, that sort of hit the internet on uh, Thursday morning for mm-hmm. us, at least, and kind of blew our minds in some ways because it may have said things Nintendo didn't want us to know right yet, but let's start, let's rewind a little bit. Let's start with the name of Nintendo's first universal attraction is called Super Nintendo World. Mm. Very appropriate name. So Nintendo put this information out on December 11th, um, just... Here you go. Here, and we talked about this, right? We weren't going to talk too much about this universal <laughs> partnership and, and all the territories it was coming to because they were going to have something to say. Turned out soon, ended up real soon. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Here Man. we are again. Well, yeah. first of all, the Super Nintendo World logo looks just like the Super Mario World logo. It's mm-hmm. almost like they started with the Mario World concept and they said, you know what? Let's not limit ourselves because mm-hmm. people love Zelda. People love these other franchises. Yeah. Uh, we love Metroid um, and want one. Um, so I, I think that's... Um, I, I think it's it's cool that they take that approach that it's you know rooted in this kind of Mario Kingdom look and Mario Kingdom uh, design, but like leaves it open to more. I agree with that, um, and I I do think that the concept image has has started some conversation, but yeah. I do see it as just a concept image. Believe it or not, I was more interested in the announcement video because the set behind Miyamoto and the head of Universal was Mario themed and they had props they had a, like this coin that was rotating and they had other things mm-hmm. like that so so my thing right now is just picture that on a massive scale and that's what the the art is doing I don't think you should read too into it because it's called Super Nintendo World, but everything's Mario based for the most part. You don't see like a, a Zelda, a whiff of Zelda anything. You don't <laughs> see a whiff of a Mario Kart anything, even though those attractions make sense. Um, well, there was there a patent been some running patent around too. Filings, yeah, 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 that yeah, looked cart like like a cart coaster or racer, which would be really yeah. smart. I mean, Mario no. Kart's an awesome. Like, did you, have you ever done the? We talked about this. Remember when I went to Disney World, Disneyland, and I came back raving. I did uh, one of the one of the rides that I rode just just to wrap up the point cars. was uh, the cars oh, one yeah. where cars you're in a really race good. and I'm just yeah. like imagine they could pull that off with more cars for Mario yeah. Kart like oh my yeah God. and the patent have like you know has kind of like this this suspended uh, kind of kart racer like small carts one that has almost like this fish tailing built in right like again like these patents are all good indicator for a direction doesn't mean that that's exactly what you're gonna get yeah. Um, but if you look at the concept art, you do have kind of like a Bowser's castle, like a Peach uh, castle. A mushroom set, uh, you, you got the you, you know, got toad houses and things yeah, like that. And like a, although someone that looks dressed, like a stage. Someone is dressed as toad could be really weird if they're not wearing like that. If they're not proportioned right, like whenever you see a human sized person dressed yeah. as toad, it does look really. Well, they, weird. if you look closely, you can see Peach and Toad as like characters on uh, down there that you can meet, yeah. and Toad is humongous next to Peach, yeah. of course. So it'll be creepy, especially if he makes that that horrible noise he makes. But I really like the background has this kind of this mountain, this kind of Mario level setup with like tiers, and you can imagine that that could be a coaster. You know, sure. that could be like if this is actually yeah. close to something we're getting, it could be like Matterhorn in Disneyland where like you can see the coaster come out in parts or like, you know, Splash Mountain where you, where you see something happening, uh, but also have something that looks visually really cool from the outside. So my, my thing with this art, though, is that if you meant to call it Super Nintendo World, why only show the Mushroom Kingdom? Why only focus on Mario? Mario's your biggest star, yeah. no question. 
But if, if you're trying to say that it's more than that, why not hint at more than that? But maybe that's where they're starting, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe the start is we're going to do all these Mario attractions and then you expand. You've got to start somewhere. These things yeah. take a while to build, obviously. Yeah. And I think that's the, the stuff that most mainstream consumers know is the iconic Mario franchise. And let's face it, there's a big new game out now mm-hmm. that everybody's going to talk about. So when they see this concept art, they instantly get it. Whereas like, if they see Link, they'll be like, oh, you know, it's, uh, it's one of the elves from Lord of the Rings. Or like, you know, they, it's, he's not that iconic of yeah. a character. And neither is Zelda, obviously. Yeah. No, and, and uh, Hyperspace Mountain is sort of the, the switcheroo to what used to be Space Mountain. And they mm-hmm. started that as sort of a, a switch up for the, the Star Wars style like themed rides. And there are than yeah. others, but it, it's sort of indicative of what you're saying, because theme parks don't necessarily close um, any time of the year. They close sections or they close rides, but yeah. they try to kind of keep everything running year-round. So I think by 2012, a, by 2020, yeah. right? By the Olympics, by the Japanese Olympics at that. The, the Olympics hosted in Japan, sorry. Not the mm-hmm. Japanese Olympics, those are two different things. Alright, let's switch over then to um, that game that came out that uh, so many people are talking about that this concept art may actually have been linked, and, and for that good reason, Nintendo put its biggest star on mobile this week, yep. and it is Super Mario Run. It's out now. We reviewed it. Uh, I gave it an 8 on the IGN scale, which is considered great. I think that as far as the concept, the, the concept of taking Mario as, as an automatic runner, not an endless runner, there yep. is a difference, right? Um, these are these are sort of created stages. Toad Rally works a little bit more like an endless yeah, runner that's because endless run. repeating yeah, because, sections. Yeah, you're yeah. repeating sections and you're in a race against another player. It's basically you're trying to lap them, but you're also trying to showboat and show off more than they are. But fundamentally, like really, really like easy to learn mechanics, but difficult to master. It's all about timing, and the coin hunt is what hooked me. Like every stage has. A, a different layout for pink coins, purple coins, and the black coin. Yeah. And apparently, this is the easy, medium, hard version of the game. Very um, apparently. Very much. Because <laughs> you, can blow, you can finish the game in like two hours yeah. like, if you're not trying to do the coin hunt. But I think the coin hunt is what it's about, and that's what's hooked me. And, and the How's black coins are, yeah. yeah, and the black coins can be pretty evil. Uh, yeah, you know, some are hidden in blocks and yeah. you, do, you don't enemies. know they're there. Yeah. So it basically, like, the first time you play a level, it's very much about trying to figure out how to survive, right? Like, how do I get through? And then when you finished it, and, and you try to get coins along the way, and if you have friends, and that's a key factor with this game, you will also see their records, right? Like, you go into any level, it'll say, Jose Otero's got 300 coins on this, and that becomes the kind of incentive for you to go back and try to beat Jose Otero, which I did. Um, and then uh, I'm sure he's going to just take me down over the weekend. I'm going to try. Like, yeah, that's I'm all gonna he's going to do this weekend. So apparently someone wasn't in meetings before this show. He was playing Mario Run. Continue. I, you know what? I, I, I was in meetings, but I didn't pay much attention because I was playing at the same time. But um, no. And the, and the game, the core game is very fun. Uh, it feels responsive for, you know, to the simplified touch screen, screen controls. I think they did a really nice job solving for the, you know, the portions where you want to just kind of jump back, right? They have those little um, arrow blocks that make you jump in the opposite direction. But what I really like is the is the bubble mechanics. So you may remember the bubbles from uh, from New Super Mario Brothers where, you know, you, uh, you could pop into a bubble in multiplayer, if you're the last player, you're dead. But you could pop into uh, into the bubble to survive a potion. You could help like um, you know less skilled players. In this game, it becomes a key because they're also you're, they're your lives. Once you 
do use a bubble. Yeah. It's a life gone. Once they're, they're finite. Yeah. So you get to parts in the level where a coin path will split, and you can you can go up, and then you'll miss the coins at the bottom. And obviously, when you want all the coins, this is where the strategy now comes in, where you pass the upper section, you hit the bubble yourself manually, float back, and then you take the lower path. And it's also like that's how you discover the hidden stuff. Yeah, like, that's how you that's can how go you back get if all you the black one. coins. Yeah, yeah. But I like I did not expect that element. Mm-hmm. I think that's really really clever because you're sacrificing you're basically an expert now and you're sacrificing your lives mm-hmm. and risking that you're not going to be able to complete the challenge by going back. The thing really that surprised cool balance. me most was when I played it for the first time and even when we saw it for the first time uh, at, at uh, Apple's uh, September event I did not wrap my brain around the vaulting. Like when I first saw Mario run up to a Goomba and he vaults over him, I was like, that's weird. I wonder why they did that. But now I feel like I understand. First of all, it it definitely encourages you to sort of approach the levels with a sense of flair, with a sense of style. Mm -hmm. Basically the idea being when you're in the middle of a vault, if you tap the screen, Mario will jump off of that character and you'll get style points. That really comes in handy in in the the Toad Rally where you're trying to basically impress Toads and get more to show up more than the other guy while you're trying to also grab coins. Um, And it's just so slick in how Mm -hmm. you can chain together all of these moves and the only input is tapping it. Now, granted, it can turn into a battle. You can feel like I'm fighting the controls because if you tap the screen while Mario's in the air, he stutters. Like he, <coughs> he will sort of delay his fall, which is one spin. of the yeah. yeah, which is one of the I feel the smartest Mario mechanics, by the way, of the last like decade. Um, also, uh, you have so he can vault. He can. There's no triple jumps, but you can wall jump. If he grabs the corner of a of a stage that he didn't quite make it onto the platform, you can vault up that way instead of just rolling onto the ledge, sort of like you would a la Smash Brothers. And that's but very mean. That mechanic's yeah, very mean. But in there's a lot this of ways. complexity <laughs> to like what is basically a very fundamental one gesture. It's just tap, tap, and tap. And there are so many variations on how delaying your fall can help you graph coins or land on an enemy the right way. Or some of the most ingenious like skill-based leaps for, for some of these coins have been off of an enemy, off of an enemy, delay, off of another enemy. And now you got a wall jump, grab that ledge. Now you can reach in. I'm just like, my, like the, the level of skill it takes impresses me. Like I, It's something that's easy to miss, I feel like if yeah. you're just looking at this game as you start and you go to the goalpost, you're missing the point. That's no. not the point of this game. Um, I feel like there's a lot more to it. And they build it, right? Like as I said, like the the coin challenges build gradually. You can have a lot of fun with this game, just finishing it or, or collecting the pink coins. But then you know, kind of like the the second the second quest starts where you try to get these coins. When I first played, I. I did not like the vault mechanic, yeah. primarily because I feel like Mario has such a pure language about, like, you know, touch an enemy and get, you get killed. Like, mm-hmm. they, it's a very clear setup from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And this game turns it on its head. You can just run into an enemy and will not die. Most. If it's a spiny, you'll There's get hit. If it's a spiny, you, you get hit. Or if you're a little but, Mario, you're not tall enough to vault over him, by yeah. the way, so you'll run into it. And so initially I was like, oh, man, like, I don't like that at all. But then you realize that you can jump off them and it becomes this kind of style move and, like, you you have a choice and what you want to do is you want to you want to vault and take them out so you get the maximum coins you know they give you kind of a path to to follow i think that's really smart the tricky stuff is the vaulting up on platforms because they use that and i said it's kind of mean they use that in very mean ways where sometimes you have kind of like a 
you know, have like a wall jump challenge. Like mm-hmm. uh, again, like uh, everybody will fondly recall those from uh, from the newer Mario games, but also mm-hmm. from games like Metroid, right? Yeah, Where you have yeah. to go vertical, and this game lets you do that. And then you get to the edge, but you don't want to hang on to the edge. So you have to you have to really judge it. You have to yeah. look at it with your eyes. Then you have to slide down a little bit and then do a delayed jump yeah. and up and you can yeah. get then to a hidden thing usually yeah. and like it's very mean and, and can and, be frustrating but yeah. once you master it, it's really rewarding and that's part of the surrendering control right basically the biggest thing to get around your your brain in this game mm-hmm. if you're a traditional Mario player is I'm not in control of his speed directly I can slow it down if I'm jumping a lot or if I stop at a warp pipe and don't jump but overall the flow state is what you want to go for and that's where Toad Rally really plays into that I'm not that crazy about Toad Rally like I think it's okay, but it is essentially you racing another player on on it's it's the equivalent of me taking you to the track and saying okay I'll race you and we s- settle on a timing based challenge and I yep. make it halfway around the track or something like it just it feels like it doesn't really change in a dynamic way the way an endless runner sh- would and I feel like endless runners by the way are very creative because they manage to sort of cobble things together in a way that feels like natural gameplay and don't conflict. I don't feel like I'm getting screwed over in like Subway Surfers or something like that or yeah. um, in, in some other like Infinite Runners. I played Cannibal was one of my early favorites. You remember that? Yeah. Jet, on, on I, I mean, Jetpack Joyride is one of my it's favorites. One. That, yeah. that was a game where I'm like, hey, somebody's making a very Nintendo game mm-hmm. on uh, on mobile devices and it was it was slick. It was beautiful. Honestly, I mean, it still looks way better than Super Mario Run. That's right? something like, we should talk about yeah, too. Like there have been better looking Mario games. But more importantly, Jetpack Joyride had this reward system like when you finish something, you really feel feel great because they spin all these things mm-hmm. and you know like some console games like Forza Horizon have done that really well um, as well and Nintendo has learned from that like the, mm-hmm. you know Nintendo's always been pretty good about rewarding you for something if you just remember the jingle when you open a treasure chest in Zelda and stuff right or like when you play multiplayer Mario and like you get measured against your your, uh, your enemies yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, friends whatever yeah, they yeah, are yeah. Um, they've Friend been really good at it and, and this one is no different so they, they kind of learned from some of the games in the mobile market and how to structure that. You know? Sure. No, I, I yeah. completely agree with you. Um, I think that uh, but there have been better looking Mario games, though, that, and that's the thing that caught me off guard. Um, so, uh, you know, playing through this game was, was a f- relatively fast turnaround for one of our reviews, not, not to say that sways yeah. uh, the opinion one way or the other. We try to judge it the best we can. But I, the, the moment I noticed was at one of the castle stages, or if not the airship, where I mm-hmm. just finished fighting Boom Boom, and you have just have that few seconds where you're just sitting there waiting for the animations to finish, yeah. and then and you move on. But while you're sitting there, you realize that the background you're staring at and the sky that's being shown through the window are the same piece of art. Like, it's not separated. There's no parallax. There's no... It's just a flat JPEG when you stop to look. And it's weird because... In the heat of gameplay, you won't notice. Like, it's only when you're standing still that you really start to see some of the seams of this world and how Nintendo isn't really shooting for big, booming, crazy effect type stuff. Like, even in New Super Mario Brothers, the coolest art template, and we agree on this, actually, we talked about this before, is the Van Gogh-style world that you get in, uh, I think it's called Soda Jungle, if I remember the name right. That part of the game looked amazing because it looked like, like any Mario, New Super Mario Bros. game we'd seen, whereas the rest of them are very, very clean and very, very safe for the most part. They follow, you know, the themes of desert, the themes of sky, etc. Yeah. Sky stages you don't notice, but when you're standing still inside of, a, inside of some of these stages, you do start to feel like, man, this art isn't as high poly 
or or polished as like Rayman Jungle Run has the same yeah, thing. And I I'm, see you pulling it up. I'm bringing it up right now, and they're like just looking at the the graphics. Though. Well, and what they do better is they use it, effects to kind of hide the fact that you're running on a JPEG. When you see like the trails of wind coming up, they do this effect where they mask everything in a way where you're not going to notice. Yeah. Whereas in Mario Run. The background doesn't do much, and so it's not going to. And and you know, to be fair, um, Mario has more of a tile-based look, and like the Rayman games have more of this kind of picture book style, where mm-hmm. you know you have shapes that are clearly not on a grid pattern. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the one. I think the Achilles heel is for Nintendo's first kind of Mario um, game on on iPhone. You can tell it's running on a third-party engine, you know, like they're, they're working with Unity, um, and it's very safe. It yeah. reuses a lot of assets. It has animations, right, yeah. like flowers yeah. are moving and that kind of stuff yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the stages, but it's not going to dazzle you. Yeah. But it also, it, what it does do well is it has that familiar, vibrant, very colorful look, and thus it works. And, like, yeah. I, I got to say, like, I played through the levels, and I didn't really think about it, and then I went back. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what, like, it's... It's definitely not like it's not using the iOS yeah. hardware to the max. Like yeah. we've seen runners and kind of whimsical, kind of comic, like cartoonish games before that look way better. Yeah, no, but, for sure. You know, and I don't know if it's just still sort of learning the fundamentals of a third party engine or I, I don't just know. trying to get the best battery life out of it and not kill your phone, which I don't think an endless runner can or should. I mean, I don't think Jetpack Joyride killed your phone, I but think that this, was going for a 2D sort of look. I think this was a, it, this is a first attempt and they needed to get a game done and they, you know, the, they wanted to deliver it this year and so they said, this is what we can do in that time frame and we're going to use, uh, we're gonna use um, you know, an existing engine for it and we're going to use existing assets for it. And they adapted it. And so I think it was very much calculated. I don't think... They they didn't set up to make an ugly game. It's not ugly, right? No, no. But they they set out to do uh, something that was achievable in the time frame. And you know, I mean, Nintendo are masters at pulling off a lot with very limited hardware. We've seen games that look amazing from them. And this one is... um, This one looks good, but not amazing. And to back up your point, and this is the one thing I think you're missing from uh, what you've said is that basing, basing it off of the new Super Mario Brothers art style was, in fact, a very smart play because this is the last art style that really took off with the audience. If you look at Nintendo DS, new Super Mario Brothers sold 30 million, 30.8 million mm-hmm. units worldwide. You look at new Super Mario Brothers Wii, 29.9 million <laughs> pieces worldwide. And I'm sure if I, if I expand the list to 3DS and Wii U, it's not as high, but they are high numbers. So, yep. you know, I feel like like folks like us who've just kind of played every <clears throat> 2D Mario, you know, we've always been kind of indifferent towards New Super Mario Brothers, where we feel like, you know, at one point it plays it safe, but on the other, um, it, it just it isn't, it, it doesn't try hard to look really good. It just sort yep. of, hits the nostalgia drum really well and just kind of captures things as little, like almost like plastic little figurines. Yeah. Um, and I hope that Nintendo evolves that style eventually, but it hits so well, they keep going back to that well because of that. Yeah, I and feel. I think also they were very conscious of the fact, like if they put a game with very classic graphics out there, they obviously have the NES classic right now in the market. I don't think they want to have this kind of doubt that, you know, or this confusion. They want to make sure it's like, oh, here is what the iPhone experience looks like. And to a lot of people, it might even be new, right? Mm-hmm. And then here is your NES Classic and your your Mario Maker look. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, th- I think that actually works out really nicely. I mean, 
I, I can, I'm sure they're going to reuse the classic art styles in the future on, on, um, on iOS and, and mobile in general or, or as well. Or figure out creative yeah. ways like what, but, uh, what um, sorry, what uh, NES Remix does yeah. or Super yeah. NES Remix could do. Nintendo, if you're listening, I'm waiting. I've been waiting since 20, 2013 for a new Super, uh, 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 yeah. uh, sorry, a Super Nintendo cla- uh, Remix. Remix, sorry, yeah. Remix, yeah. But, but are you doing? I mean, so so far so good. I uh, you know I started it. I started it. I played a little bit. I'm like, hmm, you know, this is fun, but I'm yep. not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm yep. not like dying to play it. I, I was still kind of thinking of some other mobile games I play, and I'm oh, like, nice. all right, I'll go back to Mini Metro or something like that. But yeah, I'm hooked. But I'm world but, tour all day. <laughs> but the moment I started chasing the the coins, yeah. that's when it it took on a new a new level. And then when your score started appearing, I'm like, that's motivation. Right? I wonder when I'm done, what's going to happen? Because then I wonder, will I play it? all because again toad rally is okay but we spent enough time definitely check it out the download is free um but oh wait i guess we didn't touch that last point worth the ten dollars it's it's not that cheap when you look at mobile games for sure i mean it's a ten dollar game yeah um yeah we'll see i mean like i'm i'm still playing it there's still stages i haven't played at all because i went back and uh, gathered the coins I'm okay with it because I'm used to price points on DS, and mm-hmm. you know this is a, a quality game, and it is smaller than a, a standard kind of 3DS yeah. game. It's probably on the high end for what the mobile audience will bear. Well, yeah, and it's you on know? the high end for what uh, mo- some mobile games have done. I mean, to yeah. think that Minecraft, Minecraft costs seven dollars, six dollars, yeah, like and what that game is. You can play it this, for it, your entire it gets life. Really yeah. weird, and like. I was talking to uh, someone in the office, and they described it as the Nintendo tax, and yeah. I don't think that's unfair to say. I mean, huh. they've drawn the line in the sand. Let's see if it plays out. I think it's worth it, but I do think some folks will look at the investment and look at what's there and go, if I can play Minecraft for 7 bucks, why do you deserve $3 more or, or $4 more if it's 6 bucks? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think they can, because it is such an evergreen franchise, and people search for Mario in the App Store all the time. Since by it the opened. way, you can, see, you can see the search results when you type in Mario, and you can see like all the games that try to pass them off as Mario game, themselves mm-hmm. off as Mario games. So they can, they can afford to experience, experience Experiment with it. People get to try the game. They know whether it's for them or not, and whether they want to um, spend the money. But you also know, in like a month and a half, they'll have the five ninety nine deal, and they'll like try to hook an audience yeah, yeah. with a lower point and see yeah. what that does. Yeah, no, um, and it, it I, was... do, I do think like this kind of five six dollar range feels more appropriate for a game just on the, in that ecosystem. But yeah. they also don't want to devalue the Mario, Mario franchise, right? No, man, yeah. they were never going to. So check it out. Try yeah. it. First three levels, you can check it out. And it's free. Okay. So okay. this morning, this morning, I text Pear at like, what was it, like 7, 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, because I woke up Thanks and found lot, that uh, Nintendo <laughs> filed multiple yeah. uh, Nintendo Switch patents uh, for the controller, the dock, the architecture. And these patents, which appeared this morning uh, on NeoGAF, nice job, guys. Um, wow. These things may have told us a lot more about what the Switch is than Nintendo even intended them to. Yeah. And the immediate question is, did someone screw up? 
Likely, likely, I think someone did, but I also think this is, and you and I talked about this briefly this morning, this could be the byproduct of just, hey, we're trying to put out this information quickly. We have a, we're going to go into greater detail in January. Guess what? When we showed it in October, we didn't tell anyone what it did, though. Yeah. And now this being in between does say that. So and, and that kind of, I think, steals some of the, the fire from that presentation, but we'll see whatever. Steals a little bit of the thunder if that's yeah. really what's going to be shown, right? Like yep. patent filings, companies will file for eventualities, too, right? Like what's for that big eventuality. Well, they will file for, hey, this is an idea we have, but we may never do it, right? Like if you think about the we, for example, it's like we will have a phishing controller attachment and we're going to file for it, right? Vitality sensor. Yeah, or that Sorry, thing, that, right? That, that never came out. Gesture. No, that yeah. never came out. No, I know, you were talking about beating <laughs> Boom Boom earlier, too. You're, you're on a roll today. Um, <laughs> but I like... I. I'm tripping yeah, come myself. On, come on, no, but like you, you can you can file for something and it it may never come out, right? And so take uh, patent filings, these drawings with uh, with a grain of salt. Things take may a have, things may have changed in the last like twelve months of development. Like if you look at the filing, you know the way some of the devices look may actually be slightly different from what you uh, from what you see. All right, all right, got it. Got to get straight to it. There is a, you pointed this out to me this yeah. morning. There is a subsection. For a head-mounted display, the idea that you can take the screen of the Nintendo Switch, drop it into a face mask type apparatus, and then guess what you're doing? You're not sitting really close to your to your screen. You're you're playing VR at that point. Yeah, that's it. They, I mean, they call it a, an HMD, right? A head-mounted display. That's what that stands for. Uh, head-mounted displays are any of the VR headsets you can buy. There are two different types. There's the uh, you know the the screenless viewer, and then there's the uh, the kind of standard like the the Oculus Rift that has actually the screen built in. If, if this you know would a be Google a screenless, Daydream, this would work yeah. like a Google Daydream. That's it. Uh, the idea that you would basically take another device and slide it in. In it, that case, the Google Pixel. Well, Sorry, just what's interesting to me is like. Nintendo can't file a patent for this concept and own it because they're Samsung gear, right? Like mm-hmm. these devices exist where you have a shell that holds a screen um, to create the VR experience. But what they are filing is that their device, uh, their console actually has this sort of application and they will, you know, if that goes through and that part is acknowledged, that they will own that concept, that you have a console that you can strap to your face, uh, for lack of better words. But um, that's interesting. That's actually one thing we talked about in the past and we kind of said, will they, won't they, right? Like, is it too big to be strapped to your head? Um, well, but Nintendo it is ex- themselves, just, sorry, just to help you out yep. here, Nintendo themselves have admitted we're experimenting with VR and I yeah. think that, you know, we keep leaning into, like, discussions around this device, how much it costs, what mm-hmm. technology is really built in, and th- thereby trying to guess, do the guesswork on what it is. If this is Nintendo's VR device on top of being a console, yeah. that could be a really good thing if they nail the experience. Mm-hmm. If they don't, um, that could be a problem. And granted, everyone's playing the VR game. Samsung's playing it. Google's playing it. Sony's playing it. Oculus, which... Probably connecting with Xbox it. with Scorpio, yeah, right? And, and, yeah. and uh, what you call it? The last one, five. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many different flavors of this stuff. It would be silly of Nintendo to sit that out, considering 3DS came out. They tried AR, even if it was just experimenting. They were they were trying it with inferior tech. I think the problem they ran into there, though, is that the exper- the experience was still very felt cheap. It felt chintzy. It felt mm-hmm. uh, like it was about to come apart at the seams. Mm-hmm. Whereas I hope that is not what happens with this thing. Well, and that's the the cool thing about 
this is what Nintendo has told. The story Nintendo has told is that there are many ways to play with this device, right? Like they showed it in the reveal trailer. You dock it, you take it with you, you put it down. It has a stand. Use controllers. You attach the controllers. You attach the controllers to themselves. This is definitely one of those ways to play, right? Mm. And like you cannot... You can't do this with the PlayStation on the Xbox the same way. With the PlayStation, you have to buy another $300 device. And by the way, if you have a PSVR, it's, it's a commitment, man. You've got that giant thing sitting around. You have to have cables everywhere. You can't use your beautiful HDR anymore on your PS Pro because the pass-through doesn't support it. Like, it is a hassle. Whereas like with this, it's basically like the Gear VR or the Daydream yeah. where it's just slide it in, you're done. And then, you know, the controllers presumably can are trackable too, right? The mm. detachable Joy-Cons are trackable. So you have that kind of hands-on experience you got a VR for kit. some yeah, of those And, ex- and those Nintendo games, would yeah. be smart to um, build experiences around it that are, are just like dropping you sort of in, into a world to just play around. I think the, the idea of what a VR game is is still kind of getting fleshed out, like – I, at least the concept I, concepts I have seen haven't swayed me one way or the other. Like the immersion is the coolest thing of VR. Yeah. The gameplay is the thing that everyone's still trying to sort of get wrap their brains around. Uh, unless you're like a, 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 a sorry, what's that? E Valkyrie, where you're yeah. a fighter pilot, and that's that, really cool. Yeah, that, and yeah. you know, like I've played a ton of PSVR games, and like they, there's just something games that are not that great become greater by being so immersed and being able to look around right mm-hmm. like res for example is a good game mm-hmm. but once you're in that 3d space with a headset on it's pretty mind-boggling well, and, and res you know, especially yeah. like area x is a great example of uh and we're, that's the new mm-hmm. area that uh, was made for the playstation vr uh, but it also works just off your television but what was cool about that thing is that art direction is everything and it was mm-hmm. all about creating these showering particle effects yeah. and it's almost like you're sitting in the middle of a fireworks show while like all of these targets are totally. getting blown up but so you're pointing to something what do you point no to? I'm, I'm just saying like to me this is this is less of a story oh god this is less about nintendo saying that vr is core to their business this is more about saying us too it's like don't worry you can use the switch for this too like we are not we're not we do all the things the other guys do plus more you can take it with you and it's it's cheaper and it's low hassle like i think it's really interesting because now they can they have this approach that really makes the switch look like a different kind of more device like i don't want to say it only does everything because they have to watch out that they're not telling this like master of none story either right like Mm -hmm. they have to be able to point to this machine and say this is a good platform for games well and they have to make sure that they're getting good vr content for it Mm -hmm. i mean i feel like that's the it's not enough to just have the headset you've got to have uh this is an arms race now and you've got to start playing ball with people to get certain games on your system just like you've had the the problem of third parties and trying to get them to make games for your platform so if this is now let's backtrack for a second because we said at the start of this though this is a patent it doesn't mean yes this is announced it does mean there is there may be some intent rewind back to wii u how it was supposed to support two gamepads that never happened that never became a thing that was and, in the patent filing that it could, right? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I think even Nintendo said it in interviews, yeah. um, and it turned into, no, that didn't end up happening. So there is a chance that this is an investigation, and there's an intent, but that doesn't mean there's a follow-through yeah. that comes with that. Yeah, and by the way, like, I mean, look at the GameCube where, yes, the modem came out, but, like, it certainly wasn't, like, this broadly supported feature, right? They're 
they sometimes add-ons that are planned for and even they even create like ports for them that really don't come to fruition like the N64 expansion pack was was an uh, an example of something that did come through but it almost didn't if it mm. wasn't if it hadn't been for the push from Iguana or Acclaim at the time with Turok probably wouldn't have come out in the US and only been there for the 64DD in Japan yeah. I'm I'm curious do you think they're going to show this like hint at this in January at the event or do you think this is just a future I think concept dep- I I I honestly think it depends on how far along something is ready to show. I, I Nintendo's think not known for saying something yeah. and not having like a, a demo or, a, or or sort of an experience there ready for you to jump in and try it. Think yeah. about it. Nintendo, even Nintendo Directs are driven by it's. It's rarely okay. Think back to like this is this is silly, but I'm, I'm going to roll with it. And then you got to tell me why you pulled up that. Yeah, because I, I don't know I can what explain that's what that is. January 2013, Nintendo had I think it was 2013. Nintendo had uh, an uh, early Nintendo Direct that year where they talked about there's a new Zelda coming, there's a new Smash Brothers coming. There's uh, I, uh, those were just two examples. I don't remember what else was in there, but the point is. They had nothing to show in that case. And that was rare to me. But that yep. was also a sign of we don't have a lot of software in our system. We need to get people committed. Let's just say these games are in development, not show them anything until we're ready to show them something substantial. Whereas typically Nintendo does follow the we've got this thing and this is what it looks like. Yep. Kind of, sort of how like Super Mario Run got announced or how the, anyone, any Nintendo game, most of them that get announced, that's how they have, uh, unfold it. What's that? I think I think it'll be in the trailer, but I don't think they'll show demos. I think they'll focus on like the core system and the portability, and they don't. They're not going to want to distract from that. Well, and with if it's not in VR, the trailer, yeah. it's got to be now because you know yeah. what? People are going to be asking about this thing, yeah. and you can't. This isn't like when you put a gamepad on the ground and someone said four, and yeah, they freaking yeah, yeah, yeah. remember that. Everyone yeah. in the audience like, ooh, oh. this is very different. Yep. <laughs> no. So the other thing I'm I'm pointing at here on my screen is uh, there is a. Uh, you can see one of the Joy Cons from the inside, from the from the the side that is attached to the screen, and you can see very clearly that there are two shoulder buttons there. Yeah. So you know you you're not going to have to like if this patent is what's going to be produced, um, well, you're not going to have to worry that you don't have sh- two shoulder buttons to work with, and you still have the the buttons on the top too, and you know like it is a full featured controller even though it's tiny with all the yeah. buttons. And then they, also, they had a couple. They had, they were actually a couple of other really cool revelations. Yeah, uh, yeah, was there I don't were know if you noticed. On, on there, the was a, there was a a Joy-Con with a D-pad. Yep. There was the a Joy-Con Nintendo with one. no analog stick, and it was D-pad and buttons, mm-hmm. which falls into what people have been pretty much predicting: is okay. The system is this cool thing, but they're going to sell you Joy-Cons as yep. like part of a way to engage with games the way you want and customize the system. The NES way you want. Classic Switch. Yeah. <laughs> If you look at Nintendo's business model for the past mm-hmm. several home consoles, it's been controllers on controllers on controllers. It's a, you had a Wii wheel, you had a you had a, a Motion Plus, you had a there's a Wii controller Pro, but there was also a classic controller was wired. Nintendo famously made a lot of dough with Wii remotes in the Wii era, well, especially in the yeah. packing game. Remember you Wii remember Play? play? Yeah, remember Wii, Wii play, play made so much that that game cost like fourteen dollars to produce. It's cool. um, it's bad. But there's it's bad. another. It was not good. It had one fun game in it, but there's so. <laughs> You got those extra buttons that you can see in the schematics. You can also see how the thing, how the controllers slide on. There's like a, a definite kind of like visual cue and how they attach. Yeah, there's there, rails. Yeah. There are a couple other things. There is a there's a dock for the two controller halves that is angled. So unlike the grip that they showed that is completely square, is that what they you have one. Yes, they have one that is smaller where you can actually 
turn the controllers inward. It um, looks like a pizza slice. It actually looks yeah. a lot more like the uh, – no, I'm sorry. It looks like a slice of pizza is missing from the center to describe that for folks. But what I do want to say is looks it looks like more and more like a GameCube oh, WaveBird. Yeah. looks this, way more like a WaveBird This display. could be your Smash Brothers grip if it ever comes out because it really makes the controller look like a GameCube mm-hmm. controller. And then there's one – you can see it where it's straight, right? So you could have a controller where you angle the Joy-Cons. They're like on a, almost like on a hinge like that. This is another cool revelation and that's when you hold the screen you've got two rumble motors you have one on the left and one on the right for joy-con yeah no for the uh, for the actual for device the yeah. okay. for the for the device you have two rumbles in it actually i'm not sure if it was in the joy-cons i think it was in the screen but the schematic of the assembled um, device you have two rumbles so you could do uh, you could do metal gear and have the controller be moved by the you also, you also had a You also had a, 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 a drawing that showed four people on one Switch screen. Like, not on one Switch screen, but a Switch connected to a television through the dock. Mm-hmm. And there were four Joy-Cons in the room to play a certain game, um, which just sets up a whole bunch of scenarios. Now, there was in, Tilt, too, by the way. Yeah, there, there, was, there was Tilt in tilt. one of the schematics. Yeah. You could see Tilt. So mm-hmm. a lot of things we've talked about and said it's going to be in it just kind of yeah. uh, confirmed by these patent drawings. Um, there's there's some uh, really interesting stuff uh, in there that you can glean from the um, things like the again like a look at the cradle at the stand that the, the stand the dock does not have technology again we've said this a few times right there. Uh, when he says technology, he means technology to boost performance. He doesn't mean that it's it, like the dock is basically there to primarily it's a output connecting and point, charge. Connection point. And the USB C, and they show the rails that yeah. it will sort of slide into. I still see people oh, say really the, the dock boosts things, and it it only boosts it because you get you get, you get better clock AC. speed. Yeah, no, you get you get yeah. power. Yeah, um, and so uh, but Wait, this but power. But your argument has been power that basically. Can like a like a gaming laptop would Im, would increase clock speed performance. Correct. Not that there's a separate graphics card and a whole bunch of other doohickeys inside of yeah, the correct. dock itself. So like there's portable mode and there's docked mode basically. Which you know and what? this talks about then it's that. It's going to end up. You're, I'm going to take mine. We're, we're going to have in the office a setup where people are just going to be taking. Nintendo switches out of one dock and just sliding them into yep. another for capture, which is going to make my day, quite frankly, because carrying a Wii U around, kind of a pain. It also shows the pairing process for the Joy-Cons. If you, I don't know if you spotted that. So it has the same kind yep. of uh, iconography that you use with the Wii U gamepad, mm-hmm. where you, you may have to just kind of match, like, you know, uh, like uh, playing card symbols. Um, yeah, to no, each other. The, these schematics are about uh, not not to overboard, not to bore people with the details, mm-hmm. but they have basically schematic throughput. Like it's basically bubbles that are telling you, okay, at this stage this happens or this happens. Okay, and then next stage, if yes, this happened. If no, it's flowcharts. It's yep. it's what it is. But you you should check out these things. There's there's a lot here. Uh, it is it is quite. Mm-hmm. Interesting to me that um, Nintendo was willing to let this go out the door if they were in fact. I think it's you can't control the timing, and you need to assert your patents. You need yeah. to you need to get that stuff registered before somebody else does. You know, nothing pointing out what that mysterious button is on the left. The share button that we thing. Saying calling the share button. Still, nothing, you know, there. Um, just saying. Yeah, there's a lot here, um, but you know, with with all of this, you uh, see this stuff. Ambient light sensor. I ambient mean, magnetic force sensor. That. Ambient light sensor. Temperature sensor. Okay. Uh, well, the temperature sensor probably for the cooling yeah, fan. And your ambient up, light right? sensor, your 3DS can yep. do that. Like, but, but the version on 3DS that sort of auto-adjusts brightness is awful. Mm-hmm. Touch then, panel controller. Yeah. And it says touch panel. Well, there goes that. 
Yeah. So all that's right. all. That's all yeah, confirmed. It's all in here, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the some gold in them patents. The the only thing, as we said last time, um, it, certainly in the patent drawings, uh, there's there's no sensor. There's no camera. Right, like you may have seen that little dot on the front, but it seems to be, and in the in the drawings you can see it too, but that that doesn't seem to be um, uh, for that yeah. for that use. It's probably NFC or something. Make but, sure um, you check it out. Like, Definitely worth your time. Getting uh, getting more and more excited up. about actually getting to play uh, one of these machines, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know just kind of seeing the games run on it. And like the the thing we didn't talk about with VR is the certainly the 720p display, right? Like if the built-in display is capped at 720p, that is less than the PlayStation 4's 1080p, and even that one is. Like not is it really beautiful? The, yeah, but the, the games eyes. don't don't output it. They don't output in, that, in but it has because no, it's, it's creating two images. It's not doing that. Capable, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, but, it's, but here's my thing: if 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 in fact it is a low lower resolution screen than what, like it definitely will be lower than Oculus. It definitely mm-hmm. will be lower than Vive. Yeah. Um, if it hovers near Sony or below. I think it's on Nintendo then to just make sure if you're going to preserve this from an experience perspective and make this case that this is what you should do, let the art direction do that work. Like, go with stylized stuff. Don't go with anything photorealistic. It looks bad. The higher resolution it needs to be, like, I had to review rigs. I don't think rigs. you have to worry about I to, them. I had to review rigs for, for work, and I, I was mildly curious in that game. That's a Sony uh, big mech shooter yeah, robot yeah, yeah. kind of game. I really did not enjoy that game and a big reason is because it Dark was style. so ugly to look at but like Batman it was trying looked to good. The, I mean think of Batman used stylized it's very dark and that well but it was pretty realistic looking I, I hear what you're saying there you know First of all, I don't think you have to worry with Nintendo because they're, no. they're pretty good at picking the right art style for the yeah, right yeah. Apl- application. No, and that's why right? it will work in their favor yeah. if, if it does, but we'll see. Yeah. Certainly, I mean, the 3DS didn't have the highest resolution. It's not like you vomited every time you booted that thing up, right? Like, they managed to make things look good and a, on a very low-res yeah, display. Yeah. It'd be nice um, to know more we'll details, see, though. Yeah. We'll see what it looks like when it's uh, strapped to your face. Oh, yeah. all right. I can't wait to see more, though. This is really cool. I'm an intriguing device that can do a lot of things. I hope it does them all well. And that's going to be the big question that has to get answered. Uh, make sure you check out IGN on January 12th. Because that's when everything uh, that should come out is going to come out, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and we'll be covering everything from the ground floor. Thank you so much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. Uh, this is the last show of 2016. Uh, sadly, due to busy schedules, only me and Pear uh, for this last one. But 2017 will uh, come with some big changes. We're moving to the studio for a way bigger, better production than what you're seeing behind us. Um, and we're also going to be trying some changes for show format and just trying to go for uh, different things. So make sure you stick around for that. Obviously, the question block will return, and then there are things like that we want to keep. But we're going to be looking at, at other things on the show and, and how to sort of improve and make some make some changes. Yeah, and your feedback's been amazing throughout the whole year. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. like it, it was a big... It was a big step for us to take NVC and break it out into its own YouTube channel. It's it's a small channel, but the views um, are keep on growing. So thank you very much. Share the show with your friends if you like it. Um, you know we'll we'll continue to bring you Nintendo discussions, and I guarantee you, come January and even and in March. We're going to have so much to talk about. It's yeah, and when we're great. back, like you'll definitely have the answer to whether Super Mario Run was a success or not. Yeah. All, all signs point to it can be, but we don't know yet. And yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for, for keeping up with us and, and just making us part of your weekly routine. And we will miss you in the weeks to come, but don't miss us too much because we will be back in January. I want to say the second or third week 
Uh, well, especially because Switch event is just yep. like, boom, it's right there. So, oh. yeah, look forward to that. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Nintendo Wish Chat. Uh, we're going on a break. But you can leave us feedback, email us at mvc at IGN.com, or leave us feedback on the iTunes store, the Google Play store. I think you could even get the show on Spotify somehow, and I don't know why that's a thing. You can find it um, anywhere. You can, you can, you can, you can find you can it anywhere. You can get it on TuneIn in audio form. So, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can find or YouTube. Everywhere. Yeah, leave it in the comments or on IGN. And uh, thank you for a wonderful 2016, and we look forward to an even better 2017 with you. You can find me on Twitter, Jose underscore Otero. You can find Per Schneider at Per IGN. And we'll see you next week, next year, next Goodbye. year, Happy 2017. New year Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Hanukkah. Hope you get the thing for Christmas. And all the things. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.